Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And I'm excited because today we have Aaron Schwamberg. I hope I said that right. I think I did. But uh, we got Aaron Schwamberg on. He is with First Option Mortgage and has been there for quite a long time. So welcome to the show. I'll let you do a little bit more intro here in a second, but welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Love being here. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. So give us a little bit of context. Tell us a little bit about who you are, you know, your background, what got you into the mortgage industry? I know we talked a little bit off the recording, but, you know, let our listeners hear who you are, man. Sure. Well, I appreciate it. I'm uh, born and raised in Seattle, though I live in Las Vegas right now. And that definitely has a big part of me as a longtime Seahawks fan. So that's a big part of my identity here. But Mm -hmm. what brought me into the loan world was actually different kind of a journey. I came from the nonprofit world and I wanted to change the world. I wanted to help people. And I did that for a long time. I even have a master's degree in like a nonprofit MBA. And so I focused in fundraising and I focused in meeting with people. And uh, there was a point in that journey where it just didn't seem to be the right fit anymore, which, you know, and I had a very close friend reach out to me who was in the mortgages and he said, hey, come with me, come join me. And I did, and I have been a loan officer ever since that day. And I love the ability to help people and to make money at the same time. So it was a great fit. Love it, man. Love it. So like in terms of that goes, right? I mean, nonprofits, do you think that the experience with nonprofits has helped you be a better loan officer, has helped you to be better sales? Like give some context on that, man. I think that's absolutely true the ability to have a goal in mind to be passionate about what you do and to create an opportunity where you can get to know people on a very personal and deep level where you can share in opportunities of education where you can get involved in people's lives that is i think one of the key aspects of both of those industries so you're providing an experience you're following potentially a mission and you're bringing them along for the ride with you. So, yeah, for sure, man. That's pretty cool. And I know, obviously, we talk a little bit, you know, getting someone to give you money just to feel good is a little less appealing than it is to, you know, have someone give you money to obviously buy the home of their dreams, things like that. Right. So, I think it could for be, sure. you know, match made in heaven, like you kind of mentioned, right? It's just something that's, you know, having the skills of building relationships, things like that from the nonprofit world has really kind of paid off on this side. When it comes to that, though, I mean, you know, if someone were to say, hey, you know, this is what you know, Aaron does really well, like, what would you say is kind of like your strong suit or like what kind of makes you stand out from other people? Sure. A couple things. Communication is one thing. So if you were to walk by my office and look at the time I'm on the phone with my customers, it's probably 10 times the next person in the office. I'm definitely someone who is going to spend a lot of time getting to know people, having conversations above and beyond necessarily what we're talking about to get the loan approved, just getting to know people. I'll tell you, one of the things that I love most about this job is the range of people that we get to work with. So our customers are everything from servers to fund managers, entertainers, 
you know, people who have never bought a home, people have bought in 20 homes and the range of people that we get to experience and knowledge that we can learn from them as well. It's awesome. It just makes coming to my phone every day and making my calls that much more exciting. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. And I know that you're passionate about you know helping people, which obviously then relates to the mortgage industry. And I think sure. there's a lot to be said about that because I think that makes it so much easier to stick into the industry, right? It's like, this is not an easy industry. And I do think that it's just like a grind. And if you don't have sort of like the why behind yes. why you do it, real estate and mortgage, like literally what you're doing is you're helping create wealth for the most part, right? Like you're helping. Sure. And I think the average person that buys a home, homeowner is 40 times wealthier. I believe that's a stat, you know, maybe you got to check me on that, but I believe that's a stat. They're a lot wealthier, let's just say that, than a renter. So like you really are one helping build wealth, but also helping fulfill the American dream. And like, how fulfilling is that? Right? Like, you know, you get to do it in so many different ways. You get to do the same job every day, but in different ways, because you know, every single file is different, right? Every single person's situation is different. So how do you stay motivated? How do you continue to kind of work through this, knowing that it is, you know, a little bit of a grind and some days you are going to have long days and things like that, obviously 2020 and 21 were tough. And then now we're on the other side of tough, right? Is like, Hey, like where do you do this kind of thing? Yeah, no, there's definitely been a lot of transition and being at first option here since 2009, I've gone through some major transitions in the market. When I first started there, I was probably getting 20 to 30 calls a day. Every single person was upside down. It was almost impossible to do anything. So I've been through times where it was really difficult in the industry. You know, this is not the easiest time right now, for sure. I really like what you said, too. It kind of reminds me. It's like, as a loan officer, we need to know really basically three things about people. We need to know about their credit, their income, and their assets. Right. So every loan is basically the same thing, but none of them are nearly the same. There's not one loan that's, oh, this was just like we did for this guy. Now, when you do enough loans, you can run into similar situations for sure. And that's really helpful. Right. Right. But that's the adventure is that there's nothing the same about our job day to day. We're still doing the same things. We're making calls. We're doing applications. We're talking about income. We're talking about this you know, crazy guideline that we just, you know, saw, but it's very different on a day-to-day basis, right? The realtors are different that we work with. Our partners are different. The title people are different. You know, some loans we take two months to do. Some we have to get them done in 11 days, right? So there's always some different types of pressure that we're working with. It does make it exciting. It makes it more fun to come to work for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's a new situation every day. It's funny. I had a mentor before that said the sort of concept of like, if you told me to go peel a bag of potatoes, but you had to do it as quickly as possible, I would find the fastest way to do that first bag of potatoes. But if I had to do that over and over and over again, I would hate it, right? Like I would be so efficient on that first bag, but you know, I wouldn't want to do that over and over again. That's <laughs> the way I see it too. It's like, how do we create that challenge, you know, in a way that allows you to, you know, maybe not do the same. And then some people like to do the same thing every day, right? So, you know, I do think it's very personality based. So kind of like pivot a little bit, like in this market, you know, things are different, things are changing. Like, what are you doing to stay ahead of this? Or what are you doing to sort of, you know, get yourself out there a little bit more in terms of, you know, branding or like, how are you staying in front of your consumers and your real estate agents and things like that? One of the things that I've been wanting to do for years, it was just something I've been wanting to do was get more into social media. I love talking about what we do. I love educating realtors, consumers. I actually have about 12 classes that I put together that I'll go and talk to realtor groups with. I have started taking all that information that I've been gathering over the years, 
trying to take that with really up-to-date information. I've been putting it into diving into my social media. So I've been creating videos. I'm learning about that as a process. I'm trying to create a brand behind that. So Aaron, the mortgage nerd, if you're interested. Yeah, follow <laughs> me. My handle there. Yeah. And it's true. I am Aaron, the mortgage nerd. I'm the guy that brings the guideline homes, you know, for fun to read. Right. So I try to keep up on that stuff as well. But I'm doing a lot of things. I actually have an event tomorrow where I'm having nice. an appraiser. I'm sponsoring an event where I'm having an appraiser come out and talk about the market, what's going on here in Las Vegas from an appraiser's perspective. And it's, you know, targeted to realtors to come out and enjoy and learn from them. Like I'm trying to stay in contact with a lot of my realtors still. I'm reaching out to a lot of new people, but that's one of the things that I do a little different. I think I'm kind of one of the guys that likes to be in front of a couple people, if not more, and have a good conversations about things that we're all interested in, which is learning more about our field, learning, you know, better ways to connect with people all the time. Awesome, man. I think that's how I'm setting myself out. I love it. So you briefly touched on the 12 different classes that you do. And I think this is a huge way, especially now, but always loan officers, this concept of like bring value to real estate agents, right? And so many times Mm -hmm. people will say, well, this is what I bring as value. And it's pretty much their job description, right? Like, oh, well, I got rates and turn times and yada, yada, yada. But like, you know, what is it that you do differently or how can you bring value in a way that's going to, you know, make you stand out? I mean, you've put 12 classes together. Like what are the sort of topics that you're doing and how often are you doing these sort of classes? As often as I can. Okay. I try to do at least a couple of months. Anytime I meet a new realtor team or group, I'm always kind of first thing offering to do that, wanting to do that. Nice. Anything from 101 type classes, specifically, maybe I'll target, like I have one class on VA loans. I have a class just about condos. I have classes about like non-QM style type loans. Sure. One of my favorite ones that I do is not on what interest rates are today, but how interest rates work in general. And it took me a really long time as a loan officer. And I would probably tell you that 98% of loan officers don't actually know how rates work and behind the scenes and how they're securitized and how bonds work and how, you know, the bond market is working and why inflation is bad for us right now and how things will change and how quickly they can change for us. Learning about that process And I love to teach about it too. I do find the market fascinating. We don't realize how tied we are into the stock market, into Wall Street, and how that affects us on a daily basis. So, yeah, it's huge. So, you just basically are giving educational type content, you know, for these sessions. And so, are you doing these? in person, belly to belly? Are you doing some of these virtual? What's kind of the typical structure? I've done a couple of virtual. I'm not a big fan of that. So if at all possible, and you know, we had the whole COVID thing and that was just a must at that point, but I'm definitely an in-person guy. I want to sit in front of you. I want you to be able to ask questions. You know, I might prepare 20 minutes of content. I might get to like 10 minutes of it before everyone just starts asking questions. We go a whole different Mm -hmm. way. And I love that. So just being a part of that. Yeah. And I think that people are hungry for that type of education. They want to learn everything they can about it. I love the fact that I can give my partners and potential partners something that they can bring to their clients as well, or at least the fact that they know that they can come back to me and say, hey, listen, I don't know so much about what's going on in the rate market, but I talked to this loan officer who's really good at this. Let me get you in touch with him, right? right? And so I don't need to create a masterclass of realtors that know about how rates are coming, but I want them to also know where they can go to learn more information on it, for sure. Yeah, that's huge. 
one thing that you've done maybe knowingly or unknowingly is that like when you do classes, it sets the frame, right? Like when you're talking about frame control, right? In a sales conversation or whatever, and anything you're talking about, the frame is like, Hey, I'm the expert. Listen to me. And here's why you should listen to me. Right. And so that's a super powerful frame to be in because, you know, that's what people are looking at you as if you're getting in front of a bunch of people and presenting information, what they're doing is subconsciously or consciously, they're seeing you as the expert on this particular subject, right? So, you know, again, this is a huge, powerful psychological tool, again, for anybody who's listening, who's just like, well, I don't want to do the whatever. It's like, whatever you talk about, it doesn't have to be super in depth, right? Like they don't have to have the same knowledge you do. They need to have the basic overview of why, you know, something works, but like, they don't have to know how the engine runs. They just need to know kind of like a basic overview of it, right? Like, Hey, well, there's these things that happen in the market and this is what affects the market, but they don't have to know that, Hey, if this, this, and this happens, it's going to go up a quarter point or whatever it is like that happens in the market. You know, they don't need to know like what the different indicators are in the charts and stuff like that. You know, they don't know, you have to know what the candles are and all that kind of stuff. They just need to know a basic overview of what it is. And so I think that's something that loan officers need to do more of like educate and I feel like people are like, well, these people know that. Like, but the truth is that's not true. <laughs> like so many people, and you talk about 98% of loan officers probably don't even know. And you're probably right. There's this concept of the curse of knowledge. And so many people think that like, oh, this is just common knowledge. Everybody should know this. But you have to understand that the common knowledge for a consumer or for a realtor is going to be very different. Like they don't know. And that's the same thing I tell our clients in regards to the mortgage process. Like, Hey, like consumers don't know anything about the mortgage process. Stop assuming that they know that they need to have three and a half down or things like that. Like there's so many things that as loan officers that they assume that the consumer should know. Right. It's crazy. It blows my mind how much people are like, Oh, well, this person did this. It's like, they don't know how this works. They don't know that if they freaking they, go buy a new thing and put it on credit, that that's going to affect their DTI. They don't know unless you educate them and make it it's like super important for them to know that they can't buy furniture a day before closing, right? Like things like that. I like to say know. the one thing everyone knows about and no one knows about is rates. When you talk to a consumer, 99 out of 100 times, the first question they ask is, what's your rate? Right. Right. Because that's what they're trained to ask. Well, we just want to get the lowest rate right? Of course you want to get the lowest rate. (laughs) Who doesn't want the lowest rate? That's always the case. You know, that's the difference between, you know, being a McDonald's mortgage officer and being able to take that conversation to like, okay, why don't we take a step back before we jump into rates? What's your name? (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) Hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Rate. Exactly. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's huge. Again, it's that misconception that the average consumer knows and even realtors. I mean, like, what's the barrier to entry to become a realtor? Like, you got to take a couple classes, like... I'm pretty sure you have to be a server first. I'm pretty sure that too, yeah. No, and that's the thing is like, okay, like, some of these things that you think is common knowledge are things that people are going to find super, super valuable. And so, yeah, I mean, putting together classes, you know how much easier it is to say, hey, you know what, Mr. Realtor, I'm putting on a class about XYZ, would you want to attend? Versus like, hey, can you send me some deals, Mr. Realtor? Like, no one wants to have that conversation. Like, again, like, how do you have better conversations with realtors? You have to have something that you can offer them. What is it that you can do that's different from everybody else? It's so much easier a conversation if you can do that. So when you're doing these, are you cold calling people? Like, what's kind of the way that you get people to attend your trainings? Well, this one in particular, I partnered with Fidelity Title. Okay. And we're doing it at Fidelity. So it gives them the nice. opportunity to meet with realtors as well, hopefully new folks for them to get in front of. So that's one way I've done it. But typically, if I have a realtor partner, 
the first thing I'll do is if they're with a team is try to meet with their team, you know, and kind of expand from there. So we also have a business development director here in the office. His okay. job is to go out and really try to help create more partnerships for us. Sure. So in conjunction with him, that's also one of the pitches that we'll give to a new realtor team that he might be saying, Hey, we can also come in here and do classes. Right. Yeah. And so that's another way that I get involved in that. But yeah, sometimes it is a little bit of cold calling. Sometimes it's, you know, I don't do a ton of cold calling to realtors, but I do enough transactions where I try to take advantage of the opportunities that are there. Yes. A new buyer's agent, a new listing agent, talking to the title bill, talking to the client, you know, and just being around for as long as I have, it does create more opportunities for that as well. So. Sure. Well, you're right, though. I mean, like probably the last people that you should call is the cold calls, right? It should start with like, all right, people that you're already working with, people that you may have worked with in the past. And one of our coaches calls it lost agents, right? Maybe you've worked with sure. them in the past, but for whatever reason, they're not sending you business anymore. Calling them, calling listing agents of people that you've closed, transactions that you've closed. Like these are what I would call more like warm calls because you've had an interaction with them. You can reference right. something that they'll remember. And then, you know, if you're brand new and getting started, like, unfortunately, there's nothing sexy about it, but you have to cold call. You're just going to have to do some of those things. You're going to have to walk into people's offices. You're going to have to call them. And it's funny because as a marketer, like, People come to me when they're getting started. I had a buddy that came to me. He's like, oh, I'll even buy leads. I'm like, don't buy leads for the first year. I said, that's coming from a marketer. Yeah. Like, don't let someone talk you into buying leads. You need to understand how to be a good loan officer before you start to invest in stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And unfortunately, you're yeah. just going to have to do the grind of meeting people and shaking hands and kissing babies and all that fun stuff that you have to do when you're first getting yeah. started in business. Unfortunately, there's no easy way around yeah. it you know, that's just the stuff that needs to happen. So I do think that thinking about something like this, where, hey, maybe you can educate someone. And then we have to also think about, you don't have to be that far advanced either, right? Like as a loan officer, just taking that uh, loan officer test, you're going to know way more than most real estate agents know about the mortgage process anyway. So sure, don't think it has to be crazy. So any thoughts on that in terms of like, you know, what people should do in terms of, you know, being able to go out and get more business. So like, I typically like to leave it with some sort of like tactic or thing they can go out today. Like, let's say if you were to start over, like, where would you go? Like, what would you do to go get business? Hmm. Well, um, hard hitting questions, man. A, yeah, I know. If I was going to start over today, well, having a partner in all this is, I think, really hard. You can't do this type of work by yourself. Sure. So, and having the right partner also is really important too, because you can go and talk to 10 realtors a day or try to talk to a hundred a day, cold call off list. I mean, you can get lists from title companies. I'm sure if you're working at a bank, they can give you a, you know, here's a list of a thousand past clients you can start calling, which is actually sure. not a bad idea. Right. One of the things that we do in our office is that the new guy, you know, when they start and they don't have anything, he's like, here, here's, you know, a thousand people to call from the last guy that worked here, right? And they're going to be a mix of refinance calls. They're going to be a mix of purchase calls, pre-quals that didn't go anywhere, maybe stuff that closed two years ago. And it's amazing actually how many people in that first couple months will create business from there. There is an unlimited amount of business, depending on how much time you're willing to put into anything, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can call, you can knock. It's a numbers games. You know, sometimes you get lucky, 
And sometimes you don't. And sometimes it takes a thousand calls to get one new client or even one right. potentially new client. And sometimes you can get 17 deals from that. And right. it's also about the follow-up. So it's not just starting. It's where you go after you start. Because yeah. that is so critical. You know, in our business, someone doesn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go buy a house today. And then they go buy a house today. That process can start a year or two before we ever see the end result of, okay, now I'm finally ready. But that process may start with someone going on something like Zillow or some other website and starting to look at houses and kind of having that dream. I want to buy a house. I really want to buy a house. You know, maybe they're at a job finally where they're making a little bit of money or they've been dating someone for a while. Oh, maybe they're wanting to get married and thinking about taking that step. And okay, well, why don't we think about getting a house together? Or they've been renting for 10 years and like, oh God, I can't do this anymore. I want my own place, right? You can take that journey with them, right? So having yeah. that one call and talking to that person who was just interested and in maybe you got a Zillow lead, maybe it was a lead from a realtor that, you know, they're on Zillow and they said, hey, we talked to this guy. Well, if you just call the guy one time, and you maybe even have a conversation with him and you never follow up again, you know, when the guy's finally ready a year and a half from now, he's going to go with whoever was the last person he talked to at that point. Yep. And yep. you have that opportunity to be that last person you talk to every month or every quarter or every six months checking on him. Hey, Bill, this ninth message I've left for you, man, I can't wait to help you buy a house. Call me when you're ready. Even if it's something that simple, when he's ready, he's going to be like, dude, that guy, Aaron, has called me 27 times, left me all these messages. I'm ready now. Let me call this guy. Right. I know his number by heart at this point. <laughs> right. You're speaking my language over here, man. It's funny because I tell people this all the time. It's like, you have to understand that the buyer's journey is not 30 days. Right. And I literally say this to people all the time. I say, people don't wake up and like decide they want to buy a house. Sometimes six to 24 months sort of cycle, right? Like that's the real true buyer's journey. Like you said, people go on Zillow and Realtor and things like that. And they're going to browse. They're going to talk to their mom, their uncle, their cousin, you know, Susie, who just bought a house. Like they're going to ask questions. And like so many times, I think especially loan officers, because typically when you start as a loan officer, you're taught to go after real estate agents. So you've never really had to market to the consumer. Whereas real estate agents have had to learn how to nurture people over time because they're marketing directly to the consumer, right? And so I think they just understand the sales cycle is longer than what a loan officer sees because a lot of times loan officers get the deal, they're ready to move forward and it closes in 30 days. So, oh yeah, the sales cycle is 30 days. Like, well, no, that's not really the buyer's journey. That's not really how long it takes for this person to go from, hey, I sure. want to buy a house to actually buying a house, right? Like, does that happen every once in a while? Sure. Sometimes people like are just ready to buy and they probably should have bought years before. I don't know. I mean, sure. I know when we bought, I thought I needed 20% down. And all these things. And I worked for a lender. I worked for a mortgage company. And I thought I needed 20% down and stuff like that. I finally talked to a loan sure. officer. I was like, you should look into buying. So I ended up looking into buying. And I realized, well, oh, I didn't qualify for down payment assistance anymore because I was making too much money and like all these things. Sure. Like, oh, geez, Louise, man. So, you know, the consumer don't know nothing. And I love that you talked about that because it's true. I mean, especially in a market like today, like the people that can't qualify at 7% right now, maybe when it's down to 4%, they're going to qualify or maybe they're going to make extra right. money or maybe they're going to have that down payment saved. You don't know. Right. But if you throw them in the trash right. now because they're not ready to buy today, you know, someone right. else is going to get That's it. exactly right. That is probably one of the most important things I've learned in my career right there is nothing we're doing today. It's not for next week. It's for next month. It's for next quarter. It's for next year.
right? Yep. If you have that mentality, you know, times are challenging right now, but it's all part of this long-term cycle. Everything yep. runs in cycles. There's always going to be ups and downs. Like I said, like now that I know more about how rates work and how the economy works and how inflation works, I also know this is not going to last forever. I see sure. there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's uncomfortable right now, but I also know that what comes up must go down. And when it starts coming down, it's going to be great. It will be great again, you know, yep. for everybody, not just for us as the professionals, but for our consumers as well, who will be able to take advantage of lower rates and cheaper houses. So, 100%. Yeah, that's huge. It's a long term game. It's something that I try to talk about all the time. And I think the people that win in this industry long term are the people that think long term because so many times people do think in this sort of very transactional mindset of like, what's today, 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 today. Whereas, like, if you think about it as like, hey, I'm building a pipeline, like, you know, the people that were 12 months ago are now buying today all of a sudden, right? Like, yeah. and if you hadn't built the pipeline like that, it wouldn't happen. You would still get stuck. And I see this happen all the time. People that are closing one, two, three, you know, a couple loans a month, they go through this cycle. And I talk about this book all the time on this podcast, Fanatical Prospecting talks about the 30-day rule. And that's sure. basically the actions you take over the next 30 days are going to basically pay off over the next 90 to 120 days, right? Like, so it's, it's really sure. like a 90 to 120-day lag cycle and maybe even more in the mortgage industry. It could be more, Right. So like ups and downs, you prospect for a month. Great. Like all of a sudden you start getting deals in all of a sudden you're processing your own files. You're doing all this kind of stuff. And the next thing you know, like it's time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any loans anymore. And it's like, Oh crap. Like, you know, I stopped prospecting and now I got to do it again. And so it's like these cycles. So having these systems in place is huge. And I love that you talked about the follow-up. Do you have any like strategies or tactics that you guys employ as a team or as a company or you yourself in regards to follow-up, sure. you know, that you could kind of talk about? Yeah, so that's probably the most important thing. And this is kind of critical because you can get complacent sometimes in this industry, especially sure. you may have a lot of different realtors that you're working with and they're sending you a lot of different lead sources that they're coming from. And some of these people aren't always the easiest people to get a hold of. They're not always the greatest people to even talk to, you know. Mm-hmm. But that follow-up is so critical because you'd be amazed how many realtors will tell us They'll give a lead to a loan officer that never gets called on, which is crazy to think about that. So we implemented what we call the 48-hour rule, which is that first 48 hours that we get that lead, unless we talk to them, they're going to get contacted at least three times per day, a phone call, a text, and an email, and then a phone call, a text, and an email. And then there's going to be progress reports back to that realtor right away. We want to make sure that they know that we've reached out. And a lot of times, especially when I'm doing that, I'm including, especially on a text or an email, that realtor is going on there with my follow-up. So they know that their communication is happening with the client. And as soon as, you know, we talk to them, but we found that to be extremely critical because they can feel secure that when they give someone, hey, I just talked to this guy, he wants to buy, can you give him a call? Absolutely, I can. And now they're part of that experience too. They're taking it with you. Yeah, I love it. I do like the idea also of including the realtor because like it also kind of plays off that law of reciprocity of like, hey, like almost that social pressure, like especially if they're introducing you via text and you respond and all of a sudden there's like two people interacting on a thread, like it's almost like they have to respond to that, right? Like it's just like social pressure can do a lot of things in regards to- And they also know I'm not this weird guy reaching out to them, right? Like, hey, you know, your realtor is on this with us too. I'm the guy I told you about or, you know, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think it's huge. And I think anybody who does that, I mean, you know, is going to see success, right? And those first 48 hours are the most key, obviously, for referrals, even so. And then obviously, internet leads even more, right? So, you know, if you're dealing yeah. with someone that doesn't know, like, or trust you, you're even going to take that even to the next level. But, you know, sure. if, you, if you at least call, you know, two, three times per day, text, emails, all that kind of stuff over the first couple of days, that's where you're going to get the best conversion right. anyway. Right. And that's not even just for realtor leads. Like, anytime you're getting a lead to follow up, on one call and they don't call you back that's not the way to do it yeah yeah well especially if you got to think about these days like how much attention like right now we're in a social media age right so there's so many notifications and things like that so like we're trying to pull their attention from so many other things their job social media all of these different notifications that are going off in their lives if you think that like one call from a strange number and they're going to just pick up magically and like want to do business with you. Like that just doesn't happen in this day and age, right? Like consumers again are bombarded by notifications every single day. So you think that one extra call that you made, like sometimes it might take four or five, six touches. Obviously a referral is going to be a little bit, you know, more likely to pick up, but you know, still it might take a couple touches. Right. So you're right. I think I do see a lot of times loan officers like won't even call the lead. And it's like, my goodness, like, are you kidding me? People just get scared. People get scared to pick up the phone. This is not the right industry to be in. If you're scared to pick up the phone, that's for sure. I agree. I know there's a lot easier industries to make, you know, 50, 60, 70 grand a year. And that's not being a loan officer, right? Like, listen, I'm old school too. I've been doing this a long enough time that like, I remember like you didn't do business over text. It was just phone calls. And now some people's full business may be over text, right? Yeah. Well, I'm a millennial and I'd like to do a lot of communication via text, but some still needs to be a, you know, conversation. Like, you know, I remember when I was buying my house, you know, back in 2015, I almost got cold feet. We put an offer in they're like, well, maybe we should see a couple of other houses. My real estate agent actually called me and had a conversation and just kind of like talked me off the ledge a little bit type of thing. I almost said walked me off the ledge. I, well, that wouldn't be a good thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah you should put offers somewhere else. I'm just getting Freudian but, uh, slip there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, so yeah, man, I, this has been awesome. I love it. I do think the idea of that 48 hour rule in marketing, we call that a unique mechanism, right? So it's like, hey, this is something you can actually present as value. Like, hey, like this is what we'll do for you as a loan yep. officer. You know, any leads that you do send us, we have this rule. We're going to make sure we, you know, we do our best to contact them. We're going to, you know, give you updates. That's huge. That's going to be a big, massive value add. Obviously we give training. So like, those are all kinds of different things that you can do from a value perspective. That is not just, I do my job, right? Like, you know, right. so that's huge. and we're held accountable for that too. You know, that's the other kind of piece you were saying, if you were going to start over now is I talked about having a partner, but having someone that helps you stay accountable for what you're doing is really important too. And that could be a manager, it could be a friend, it could be just a realtor partner. But like having that other person watching you and making sure you're staying on task like that could be the big huge. difference. Yeah. yeah, that's huge for sure. Cool, man. Cool. Someone wanted to check you out, or, you know, learn a little bit more about you, find you online. I don't know. I know, I know you kind of dropped your handle earlier, but if you don't mind dropping it again and, and you know, any yeah, other sure. sort of resources for people. You'll start seeing some content of mine, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok building up my Google or I guess a YouTube page, Aaron, the mortgage nerd. I know there's a couple of mortgage nerds out there. So sure. I'm Aaron, the mortgage nerd, and I try to live up to that name. So, <laughs> Hey man, anybody who takes guidelines home to read them for their leisure right. is, is what I would consider a nerd for sure. So yeah, you Absolutely. live it, man. you live it. 
Love it, bro. So yeah, to me, I mean, like just kind of like wrap things up. A couple takeaways that I got from here is obviously like, you know, how do you bring more value to your real estate agents? You kind of mentioned it briefly and I dug in pretty hard, but I do think, you know, coming up with some classes that you can give to agents and understanding that it doesn't have to be some groundbreaking, earth shattering new strategy on how to, you know, close more deals. It's like, sometimes right. it's just simple education on what you already do every single day that you think, hey, they should know, but they probably don't. You know, that's really like maybe even start to even document the questions that you get from your realtors about specific products. And I'd say, hey, you know what, maybe I should create a class about this because if one or two people are asking me this, there's probably going to be a lot more that are asking the same questions. That's how my condo class got created. There's so many condos suck. There's so many other like little things about condos that you have to know that, you know, you got to educate them about the whole process. It's like two loans going on at the same time. Right. So. Yeah, condos were always fun when we were doing the reverses. It was like you got to get an FHA approval and you got to, and then the HOAs are always terrible to get a hold of and to send you the certification. And then, like, you got to figure out if the occupancy, all those kind of crazy fun things that you have to deal with. So, yeah, I mean, it comes down to like, you know, what can you do as value? And then the other thing that I pulled there at the very end was like follow up, right? Like, understanding that the buyer's journey of a prospect or, you know, someone that wants to buy or refinance, especially buy, is going to be longer than what you think it is, right? They make decisions in the longer term process. So if you view it in that light, educate them along the journey and continue to follow up, right? I think that was huge. The fact that you talked about, hey, sometimes it might take 18 months. I'm calling them and leaving, you know, 27 voicemails and, you know, sending texts at some point, they're going to be like, all right, like if they haven't told you to F off yet, you know, they probably like, all right, well, maybe I'll reach out to him when I'm ready. I think those are the two biggest takeaways is figure out ways that you can bring actual value. And again, doesn't have to be anything earth shattering and then follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up as marketer. That makes me uh, happy. So I love that you brought that. I think you were just giving me a little softball to hit out of the park. right? So appreciate that. And for everybody who's listening, thank you so much for listening. If you are interested or you need some help on helping flipping the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.